0: I'm Michelle Werdeman and I help people create their dream life by asking powerful questions, better questions, through mind, balance, and wellness living. You'll get clear about what you really want by achieving emotional freedom and strengthening your relationships. Through my foundational coaching and 19-year certified financial planning background, I guide you through your circumstances, thoughts, and feelings and show you how to take actions that give you the results you want. Contact me today at mbwliving.com to schedule your free 30-minute discovery call. Hello and welcome to the Bootcamp for Your Mind podcast. I'm your host Michelle Wordeman, certified life, weight, and career coach, and founder of Mind Balance and Wellness Living. And I'm so excited if you are listening to this. Uh, depending on when you're listening to this, it's a beautiful day. We just had Memorial Day weekend, and I have taken some time off of my podcasting for the last several months. I have been working on something which I will tell you about later because I want to get to our special guest, Um, but I'm excited to be back recording, and our first guest kind of being back um, is Christina Spinazzola, and I can't wait uh, for this conversation, so thank you, Christina, for being here and for being my, my first guest back.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm so honored. I don't think I realized that I was your first guest back. Now I can't wait.
0: Yeah, no, I'm super stoked. I have such a great lineup. Um, But yeah, I took a few months off. I had to focus on something else. Um, So yeah, so here we are. And so Christina, you just got back from Europe. Well, we can talk about that. Um, But to tell my listeners, uh, Christina and I connected a couple months back. Uh, Christina is also a coach. And I love connecting with other coaches for so many different reasons. Um, But when I talked to you, I had never been introduced to the type of coaching you do. Um, And I'll let you explain it because I think it's so, so fun and different. And I can't wait to, um, yeah, for you to share.
1: So, yes, thank you. And it's interesting, right? Like I... We connected and I had you on my podcast mm-hmm. and my podcast is walking towards fear, which is very much kind of like my brand as a human being, as a coach of figuring out like what it is that probably scares us and like, go for it. But I am a mindset coach and I use adventure as a tool. So I bring people out, you know, into nature. Sometimes that's out for a local park and sometimes that is out into the backcountry in the mountains to really help see the way we see one thing is how we see everything. And by changing our environment, we can recognize that our thought process stays the same and actually highlights exactly what it is that we need to look at in our own lives. So I use adventure as a tool. And um, I, as you just said, came back from Europe in my own adventure and use it uh, as a tool in my own life quite often.
0: Yeah. So I want to hear about how you do use it. And I find it fascinating so as a coach myself that works a lot with mindset like I and I have a podcast um all about fear. Um my coaching on fear is a lot different so I love learning about how you use it in an adventurous way. Um I always think of fear as like false evidence appearing real mm-hmm. because so often we can just stay stuck kind of like on that hamster wheel. I was on it for a long time. Oh, I shouldn't say a long time but um because we're afraid like we're just afraid and that's like I love coaching people on that fear. So yeah, so tell me about how you know, you pushed past fear. How did you get to coaching? I think you said you kind of fell into it by accident.
1: Yeah, so literally by accident. Um I had an injury in 2018 that changed my life pretty dramatically. Like I've been an athlete my whole life. I've been super active. And I had a back injury that took that identity away pretty fast. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And in that process of losing, you know, that part of me that I use so often as like a healthy outlet and as an unhealthy outlet, uh, I realized, okay, this is not going well for me when I don't have that ability to go for a run, go for a walk and, and explore kind of my own internal world that way mm-hmm. and I ended up working with a therapist for a small period of time who introduced me to the idea of coaching which I had no idea about yeah and found a coach who very quickly kind of shifted the tra- trajectory of my own life and that's when I said like oh I I want to do that like yeah you get you get paid all day to have those types of conversations like that's amazing yeah so yeah I-
0: I find that so interesting that it was therapy that talked about coaching that kind of guided you there. Cause I get that question a lot, um, what's the difference right between therapy and coaching. So what, um, what would you say is the difference between the therapy and coaching?
1: Therapy and coaching. I think, you know, to, to start, there are phenomenal therapists and phenomenal coaches that have like a strong overlap period Yeah. you know, like a Venn diagram. And that is Amazing therapists can move people forward and amazing coaches can do really deep healing work. But mm-hmm. the way that I describe it to, you know, a, a potential client or someone who's curious about it is that therapy is very past focused. Understanding yeah. what has happened to me that's landed me exactly where I am today and the way that I think and that's why there's a lot of, you know, family systems and family root stuff that comes up in therapy whereas coaching is kind of this idea uh, I don't really care where you've been, like, where do you want to go? What is next? What does your future look like for you? And to me, that's the the big differentiator.
0: Yeah, no, and so I love that because to that point, do you ever come across people I know I do where we talk about like where do you want to go? Some people just don't have any idea because they've been stuck. And I, I think they're almost sometimes afraid to think like like dream or like, because they're afraid of saying it either out loud or admitting it because they don't think it's possible. Do you ever come across that?
1: All the time, right? It's kind of that like, let me quit before I start so that I don't have to fail. Like Mm -hmm. if I don't admit what I want or I'm afraid of being disappointed, like you said, Uh, I see that a lot. And I really, I kind of have like one magic question that I'll ask people who say they don't know.
0: Oh, what Uh, is it? I want to hear (laughs) i won't use it i promise No,
1: absolutely you can use it (laughs) but (laughs) honestly anytime that any of us say i don't know it's like okay if i were to put you in a locked room for 24 hours and said if you come up with like two or three ideas of like what it maybe could be that you Mm -hmm. want to do or like you would enjoy exploring a bit and you come back or i come back in 24 hours and I let you out of this room, I'd give you $1 million if you have a few ideas.
0: I love that.
1: Every time they're like, oh, uh, yep, I have some ideas. I'm like, yeah, of course you do. Yeah. You're locking yourself in your mind of, I don't know how. And when we're in that place, it's like, but what if you did know how? Yeah. Knowing how and not knowing is kind of a trap that I I look for in language a lot. And hi, I'm guilty of this myself. Like yeah. there are absolutely times you like, I don't know how to do that. And I have to remind myself, like if someone was offering me a million dollars to figure this out, I would figure it out pretty quick.
0: Yeah, no, I love that. When I was going through coach training years ago, I remember my instructor was talking about like, if somebody says, I don't know, it's your brain kind of being lazy because it doesn't necessarily want to do the work. Like you said, like it protects you too. Um, But I think it's, yeah, I think it's so interesting that I love that question because when you really put somebody on the spot, kind of, if you will, and like, let them um, have the opportunity to start to dream, then it's like, oh, like kind of the sky, the sky's the limit.
1: Yeah. Because then the next question becomes like, what else are you pretending to not know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And
1: like, that opens up so much.
0: Yeah. I like, I often ask people, I'm like, if there was, you know, if money wasn't an object, like, what would you think, what would you want to do? Like what, te- cause a lot of people come to me that want to switch careers. Um, mm-hmm. And I want to chat with you about that. Cause we have similar backgrounds in yes. kind of that, that world. <laughs> um, but yeah, when they're, you know, when they're trying to switch a career, but they really just don't know necessarily what they want. And I'm like, what could you do every day? Like, a hobby that you like or something that you're passionate about where it wouldn't feel like a job. And that really starts to get kind of like the wheels turning versus like, I don't know what I want to do. I just don't want to do this.
1: (laughs) Yeah. and, And that can be challenging too, right? Because I see there are some people that kind of like are emotionally flatlined through their whole life where they're like, I don't have like a real interest or a passion in something.
0: like, Oh, that's also interesting. Like emotionally flatlined. I like that. Yeah. (laughs) Right. I didn't want to forget that. Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. So I always find it interesting when people say like, you know, I don't really have anything that I love. Like, hmm, well, maybe that's a good place to start. Like, what have you tried? And then a lot of times, like there's not a lot of trying. So then Mm. it just be like, well, if you don't love anything, get up there and just start seeing what sticks, like experiment, play, put into a game like that. That's fun.
0: Yeah, playing is fun. <laughs> playing is fun. Yes. Just like when we were kids. Like you can still play as an adult. And I, I feel like some people don't think that they can. They're like, oh, oh no. Gosh. And so in terms of like careers, like so in thinking of like the playing and all that stuff, and thinking how as adults we think things are supposed to be a certain way. When I was, um, I loved my job, I loved my career, but I remember thinking like, cause I had two small kids. I had a really long commute. Um, and I just remember thinking like, oh, I'm supposed to be stressed out. Like everybody says, this is mm. a stressful time with the little kids and the career and balancing it all. And when I got coaching and I realized that I didn't have to be stressed out. And a lot of the stress, I was actually causing myself with my own mindset. And when I learned to, that I could can kind of control my, emotions and my mindset, you know, hand in hand, that's when I was kind of like, oh my God, I was like, this is what I want to do. Like, I want to help other people realize, like, especially like I love working with uh, middle-aged women that are just so stressed out and they think that it's supposed to be that way. And when they realize it doesn't have to be that way and you can actually just create like your life by design, it's just, it's so amazing. So you came from, you know, a corporate job tell us
1: about that. Yes. I came from the world of corporate biotech sales. Mm. So I was a science nerd and same thing to you. Like I I did not hate my job whatsoever. I didn't hate my boss. I wasn't driven out of that company. Uh, You know, I actually walked away from that company to chase a personal dream of mine with the adventure piece
0: Mm.
1: um, and hiked across the country on the Pacific Crest Trail. And that's what really led me to this decision of going full-time in my own coaching business. But with the the corporate part of it you do you meet so many people who feel like they're kind of stuck in these jobs like i don't have a choice i have to be here and i think in the same way we forget that like playing is fun which sounds so insane to say out loud like yeah (laughs) hi playing is fun it's like you also have it is yeah we also forget that we have choice all the like everywhere in our lives including where we're working Even though it feels like it can be like sticky, and well, I have the responsibilities, and I have all the reasons and the justifications and the rationalizing of why I'm here. Yeah, Yeah. but you also have choice too. So for me, this year was that big moment of, no, no, I'm choosing, like to to take on this world of coaching full time because I love it, and there will be things to figure out, and like I haven't I haven't looked back once.
0: That's awesome. And I, it just reminded me what I was, I had forgotten what I was thinking a little while ago when we were talking. I'm like, I knew it would come back to me. It's the how, yeah. right? I think a lot of people get stuck on the how am I going to do this piece too. And it's like when you have a passion and not even a passion, if you just like something, because I think people kind of get hung up. Well, like, I'm not passionate about anything. But when we also don't focus on the how and just, know what the outcome is that we want to create it's going to start to the how's going to just come naturally do you think
1: absolutely i think it's always the wrong question like the order of the the letters is wrong it's not mm-hmm. how it's who like who do you have to be in order to really make that happen right yeah. being able to step into that version of yourself because we of course all of us want to have the perfect like illuminated path in front of us where it's like step one step two step
0: three and you're there that'd be nice (laughs) actually no I don't think that would be nice maybe in some situations but you don't learn that way and it just doesn't exist yeah
1: like I think that was a kind of a hard pill for me to swallow of like oh you mean I have to figure this out but when you decide and commit to something Mm. you figure it out from that place of commitment like, yeah, the action just kind of happens. You're like, oh. yeah, I mean, for example, we can talk a little bit about I, when I was just traveling in Europe, it was the first time I was there and trying to learn like the train systems. Like, oh. There were moments where yeah. I had to learn was like, I don't know how this works, but like I'm here. So like, I'll, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to ask some questions oh, they don't speak English. Okay, let's figure out another option. And you just start trying things. Mm -hmm. So I think that's kind of part of it is how can you just try without knowing exactly what's going to be the perfect solution?
0: Yeah, and one of the things I do in my coaching when let's say it's like a weight loss journey um, is learning to live as your future self. So like what would, let's say, you know, somebody that wants to lose 20 pounds. Like, okay, you're down 20 pounds. Like put yourself there and how do you show up? Like how, what actions are you taking? Um, I actually even do this exercise. I did it myself. I think it was probably back in like 2016. And at first I heard it and I was like, this sounds kind of crazy, but I love it. It's putting yourself in your shoes, like whether it's three months from now, whatever it is that you're trying to achieve, in writing yourself a letter from your future self to your current self, like in just letting everything kind of like spill out, like how'd the journey go? And what are we feeling now? And it's, I get goosebumps because I think about when I did it um, and how powerful it is to really put yourself in those shoes. Because one of the things, um, you know, I've learned is our brains don't know the difference from what's actually happening versus like something we're thinking about. And that could be like a positive or a negative. And that's where like worry comes in and, you know, anxiety and all that other stuff. But it can be such a positive thing too, because if you really feel it in your body, your brain's thinking that it's happened or it's happening. So that's where sometimes you can kind of figure out your how too.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think when you're trying to figure out how, like, like you said, it's, Actually figuring out like who would you have to be, mm. right? Like, okay, if I already had that thing, like, what would I be doing differently? Like, yeah, that unlocks so much for you. Totally. Of like, well, of course, I would not be eating cookies every day, and I would probably be going for some more walks. Like, yeah. Hmm. Okay. Now I
0: have a guideline. Yeah, and it just it it is simple and as easy as it sounds. Like, it really actually works.
1: So I also, while I was in Europe, I spent like eight or nine or 10 days with my business coach at a retreat. And we talked so much, Michelle, about simplicity and Mm -hmm. simplifying and like these inconvenient truths that you can't get around. And most of the time we overcomplicate things.
0: Oh, 100%.
1: (laughs) Like if we could just like bring it down a little bit and simplify things, It just, it gets so much better.
0: Yeah, because when we do like overcomplicate things, you wind up being overwhelmed. And when you're overwhelmed, you don't take action. Then nothing happens. Yeah. So tell me, you went by yourself to Europe. So tell me a little bit about that. And I'm assuming you had to have some fear.
1: (laughs) (laughs) There's a good bit of fear going in. I have not traveled to Europe. Um, I've done a lot of travel here in the U.S., uh, some with friends, a little bit of solo travel, but I was definitely intimidated going mm-hmm. across the pond, especially knowing there would be a language barrier. Yeah, uh, I I only speak English, and it's actually something um, I feel an interesting choice brewing to commit myself to learning another language, mm-hmm. uh, because it was such a powerful experience. But I had a blast, and even trying to communicate with people who didn't speak English. It felt like it felt like a game. Like I'm like miming to them, and they're looking at me like, I have no idea what you're saying. I was like, okay, let's try something else. (laughs) And of course, you could pull out Google Translate and that sort of thing. I used
0: that when I was over in Italy.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I did that a few times too. But finding ways just to, you know, communicate kind of again through fun and gamifying it um, helped me to stay in like a relaxed state instead of a stressful state. The only time that worked a little bit less in my favor was one of the trains I was on. And I was going from Switzerland down to Italy, like the train stopped and broke down. And I was like, oh, shoot, like, I don't know where I'm going. (laughs) So I just kind of like followed the flood of people, assuming they were all trying to get to the same destination as me. Yeah, But in that moment, I was like, fear, right? I was like, oh, shoot, I have no idea where I am. I don't know what other trains are going to where I'm supposed to be going. And I had to remind myself like, (laughs) okay, you enjoy adding challenge into your life. Like this is just another moment to to play with it.
0: Oh my God. What an amazing way to look at that. I would have just been like totally freaked out. And
1: my, that was absolutely my gut reaction was like kind of that denial, you know, I'm on the train, I'm on my computer, Mm -hmm. getting some work done, prepping for whatever's coming next. And the train stopped and it wasn't leaving. I was like, Oh, that's kind of weird. Like we were supposed to leave a few minutes ago and I could see my mind already, like knowing it's like, this train's not going to get going again, but I just denied it. I was like, there's no way that's true. And then lo and behold, the train did not get going again. And I was like, well, I knew that was coming and now we have to uh, figure it out. And I did, I survived, I made it. And I think those moments and i'm sure you have plenty of those in your life too when you are in that spot and you have to think on your feet and you get through it the more that you've done the more you can do like Mm. it it creates confidence like i i became a pro at the train system in italy partly because of that i used it a lot for the rest of the week as well Um, but i think it confidence is the outcome of that even though in the moment it is not enjoyable to feel.
0: No. And I think that kind of ties in with fear. So there's one thing I've been doing a lot of studying on, um, one, because I found it in myself, but it's anticipatory anxiety Mm. and it's how we think a situation is going to go or how we, like, we feel like we get anxious about something that like, for me, I used to get anxious about being anxious. Yeah. Like, and even this was true when I planned this trip to Italy, I was going with a group of women at the time when I planned it that I didn't know, like I knew the woman who was running the retreat. And I remember just being like, I found myself kind of in a thought loop once. And I was like, oh my God, like, how am I going to do this? I'm going to probably be anxious. And it was that anticipatory, like I was being anxious about, it was like a year, but like a year ago. But we, like you said, when we're in a situation and you have to respond, a, a lot of times it goes a lot better than we actually would have anticipated.
1: Yeah. And even if it doesn't like what you still have to do with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you do. You
0: have to, you have to figure it out for sure.
1: And I think the more you figure out again, the more confidence you have in yourself to figure out other things. And I think yeah. that's why I enjoy adventure as a tool Because inherently part of going out into nature is it's unpredictable. Like the weather changes, the trail that once looked like this, that you've done so many times, there was a landslide and now it looks different and you have to navigate that. Like, you know, all those types of things, there are just these unknowns and uncertainties that feel more kind of in your face when you're outside than in your typical kind of day to day.
0: Mm Totally. Totally. Um, one thing I thought was super interesting. I was checking out your website and you had mentioned that you, um, have been super sensitive since the time you were younger. Yes. And I, myself, like, I always joke like about being sensitive. Um, cause sometimes I feel like it's a good and bad thing. I think it's more of a good thing, but you say you bring that into your coaching. So can you tell us a little bit about, that, uh sensitivity piece.
1: Oh my gosh, the sensitivity piece. Um it's interesting you picked up on that. Um uh, because I am super
0: sensitive. That's why. Yeah. And I remember when I was going through coaching practice, one of the things that this instructor was saying, she she used to call it like getting into the pool with a client like as much of like an empath and a sensitive person. You want to kind of um be there with them but at the same time coach them because like if you know, getting into the pool just kind of was like, oh, like being in that story with them. Um, But yeah, I'd love to hear like kind of your, your path with sensitivity and how you bring it into your coaching.
1: Yeah. So the the earliest memory kind of that I have of it, um, my own conscious memory was when I was in the first grade. So I was probably five or six years old. Um, My grandfather passed away. And my dad had taken myself, my two brothers, and my cousin, who was with us because her mom was with you know her family as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had taken us somewhere to to tell us you know what had happened. Yeah, and I didn't even know what death even meant at that point, right? Yeah. Um, but I remember I was really upset. I was crying, and my two brothers and my cousin were not. So like instantly I labeled myself as like, my reaction to this is different, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm not experiencing this the same way other people are experiencing this. Yeah. And there was, again, whatever judgment looks like at a five-year-old brains level. Like I knew that there was a different experience yeah. there for me. And that same thing happened again when I was in middle school. Uh, I come from a town that's had a lot of tragedy and oh. we lost... um, a boy in the high school who was a couple years older. I was in 6th grade, so probably 11ish, 11 12. And same thing, I didn't know this boy, but like I remember just being a mess and like mm-hmm. I I couldn't tell anybody cuz it didn't make sense to me. Like I didn't yeah. know him, right? Yeah. Uh, like all these types of moments throughout my life that I can look at and for a long time, same thing, I I really tried to hide it. Cause I was like, this is horrific. Like that. I feel all these things. And after really understanding it now, I mean, the way that I see it come into coaching sessions is kind of the sense of knowing there's emotions for clients, even if they aren't super sure there's emotion there. Mm -hmm. Like it's these like really subtle energetic shifts where like, I'll be talking with someone and I'll just be like, Whoa, what was that? And they're like, what do you mean? And I'm like, I I don't know what I mean. That's why I asked you about it. But like something just changed for you. And they're like, Yeah, that's interesting. Like, this is what I was just thinking about. Yeah. So it's just starting to see like it's kind of an a, attunement to energy, I guess. Like mm. how people are sitting and their facial expressions and their tone of voice and like it's really listening to the pauses too and the silence kind of not projecting onto them what's going on because there's also times where you ask someone like, what's coming up for you right now? And yeah,
0: like,
1: nothing. You're like, oh, okay. Maybe that was something in me. I don't know. Yeah. So I'm totally fine getting it wrong, but I have found like that sensitivity to other people's kind of emotional space um, really gives them an opportunity too to, to get more in touch with it.
0: Yeah. And I, I feel like too, when... Um, being somebody that's very similar it also creates a very like open environment like people are very willing to share things with me like it's funny like i'll be on vacation yes. and people will just start telling me like their whole life story and which i love um but yeah it's that i think people pick up on energy like everything is energy right so it's kind of um which can be draining sometimes too like, if you are somebody that, you know, um, is very in touch with, like, different energies. Um, but it's, I think back to one of my um, situations when I realized um, how sensitive I was. We were mm-hmm. at Disney World, and I was in the second grade. And I remember being at, like, we were at the Polynesian. We were at this luau. And there was this old woman kind of just sitting by herself. And I remember feeling, like, to the point I was almost in tears. Because I'm looking at this woman, everybody's with their families, everybody's, you know, having fun. And she's just sitting at this table all by herself. And I remember literally almost wanting to just go sit with her. Um, And I look back now because I'm like, I go out to eat all the time by myself. So she very well could have chosen to do that. But it was just kind of like, I remember my family like, Michelle, it's fine. Like, and I'm like, no, but she must be so sad. Like, and it stuck with me. So, yeah. Yeah. And it is really interesting too,
1: right? When you become, and so I just got home from like three and a half weeks traveling around Europe. And in that process, I, I was very aware of a lot of other people around me for three weeks, which mm-hmm. can be a bit tiring.
0: Yeah. So it,
1: like you said, it's, I, I personally find it to be such a gift, Yeah. Uh, There are days where it can be tiring, but I wouldn't trade it for the world at this point. Once you kind of learn how to, you know, kind of tune the dial and fine tune and tinker with it. And Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting. I'm not sure how much you see it, but you can spot it in other kids so easily. And you can like watch them almost um, when they haven't figured out how to like kind of like sharpen the skill. Mm. Right. Where like you can see them also wrestling with it. And yeah. I think everybody, you know, like we're having this conversation who's been on the other side of it. It's like, oh, yeah, I for a long time tried to shove that down and not let it be seen and yeah. ignore it. And that I think causes far more problems than anything.
0: Totally. And I agree with you. Like I do see it as such a gift. Like my husband always says, he's like, you bring so much energy to people. He's like, everybody just wants to kind of like walk towards you. I'm like, I'm like, that's, I love it. Um, it's, yeah. And I think once I realize the impact it can have on people in a good way, like I totally love to embrace it. I'm like, bring it on. But yeah, some days I know when, you know, I have my limits.
1: (laughs) Yep. I think we got to be in touch with ourselves first to make sure that we are taken care of
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. before
1: being able to pour that energy into all the other people.
0: Yeah. So tell me a little, so you have, Um, different ways that people coach you I saw you have the rest, the test and the quest. So how how does all that work?
1: Yeah. So that's actually a new offering that I am implementing for this summer because of my experience last year out on the Pacific Crest Trail. So that's when I started to to recognize how much adventure has been in my world as a tool. And I want to bring people to experience that. So, those three things you just mentioned the rest, the tests, and the quests are opportunities for people to go out into the backcountry. So, yeah. up in New Hampshire, um, you know, tailored to physical capability. But we know there's a strong link and correlation between our physical ability and our mind. Mm-hmm.
0: Right? 100%. Because
1: right. actually, uh, Michelle, you. Did you recently run like a half marathon? Did I make that up?
0: Uh, yes. No, I wish I did. <laughs> no, I, um, I've done triath- triathlons.
1: Okay. So same thing, right? Like as an yeah. triathlete, you know, like your your mind is going to want to kind of tap out before your body does.
0: 100%. It's like, so yesterday, actually, that's such a great point. Yesterday I did um, what's called the Murph. Yes. And it's honoring soldier Mike Murphy who died in Afghanistan. And um so we do it every um Memorial Day through CrossFit and it's a mile run and then a hundred push uh, pull-ups, two hundred push-ups, three hundred squats, and then a mile run. So I remember saying to my husband, I'm like, because I've traveled so much this spring, like I haven't gotten the workouts in that I normally did. And I'm like, you know what? I'm like, I am. My mind totally went to, we don't have to do it or you can cut it in half. And even as I was like doing it, I'm like, holy shit. (laughs) It's like, it's totally a mind game. Like, 100%. And your body can do a lot more than a lot of people think it can.
1: And here's the thing, right? Like, I think most people are familiar with the language of excuses and like you can smell those from a mile away. Mm-hmm. But the ones in my world that I work with clients on that are really like insidious and kind of sneaky are reasons, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, There's nothing different between a reason and an excuse. One just feels better for us. Yeah. Right? So that's this idea of when we are letting our feelings drive, right? Reasons take over and there's you probably had a lot of good reasons that you could have stopped doing Murph yesterday. Yeah. Uh And there's a difference between letting those reasons drive, right? Which are feeling-based or what you chose to do by completing it is letting commitment drive. Like I've committed to doing this thing and I can have every reason in the world to stop. But if I'm committed to it, there's one outcome. And that is- completing the thing so you can take that concept and apply it to creating a business you can take that to you know taking care of your health and dropping 20 pounds like you were saying yeah or you know anything else right when you are committed to it you have the result you have the outcome because yeah. you don't let the reasons interfere even though they're so they make so much sense
0: yeah oh 100 and I I'm sure you find this in coaching too like when somebody says something like that they actually believe, like maybe it's a reason or whatnot. um, And beliefs are just thoughts that we have over and over again. When you question it back to somebody and well, is that really true? Like people are like, and you kind of call them out on, (laughs) on it. Then it's like helping people be aware of, oh, that's just like the lower part of my brain because our brain's designed to to keep us safe and comfy and all of that, which is great. um But then there's that like other part of our brain that it's like, no, like that where the commitment comes in and being able to recognize the reasons or excuses, questioning them and still moving forward is huge.
1: It's so huge. And that's again, why I love using adventure as a tool, like, okay, if we're going to work together for the next three days and go hike, you know, 20 miles as an example. Yeah. Right. Like we're committed to getting out into the wilderness and once you're there, the only way to get back out is on your feet. Yeah. Right. So it's,
0: that's, that's it's so a, neat. <laughs> like, yeah. What did you Like it's, so are you coaching while you're like, is the whole thing kind of just.
1: Exactly. It's an experience where, y- you know, a lot of people I see go on these vacations and mm-hmm. then they come back and they need a vacation from their vacation.
0: Yes. I've been there.
1: And, <laughs> and I've also been there, right? Like yeah. And there's just a difference between having a transformational experience where you leave one version of yourself and you come back an entirely new person Yeah. That's the experience of nature, wilderness and adventure kind of provides.
0: Oh my God.
1: So it is, it's coaching the entire time. Of course, there's moments of kind of solitude and reflection as well, but it's very much um, like an immersive integrated coaching experience for transformation where the expectation and the agreement is, you know, you leave this one version of you. And that version of you is amazing and perfect and great and whole. And just as it is, and there's still more available to you. Like what else could that be? And that's been really, really fun.
0: That's really cool. Like, so when I just went to Italy, like, I think about like transformation and I think like when I first got there and I kind of just looked out, um, we stayed at the culinary Institute and I looked out onto the sea and I was just like, I started to cry, but it was crying from coming from like such a proud moment. Cause I was like, oh my God, like I made it here and leading up to it. Like there were times I came up with so many reasons why that I didn't have to go. And it was just like, oh my God, like I actually am physically here. I did it. And it was almost a sense of freedom because it's like, yeah. look at all the worrying you did. Um, you did it. And now it's like, Oh, like this, I could do so many other things, you know? Like, it's just like, so I love that that's part like your core essence with your coaching, because when people realize they do scary things um, and maybe it's not scary for a lot of people, but when you actually do it, you feel the fear and do it anyway. It is such a transformation because then you realize you can really do anything.
1: And and I think that's it, right? A lot of people have this thinking like, oh, you can do anything you put your mind to, but never act on that
0: knowing, mm-hmm.
1: right? Yeah. Like that's very different. Um, and I had a very similar moment to actually, Michelle, like when I was in Italy of just like, holy shit, I'm in Italy running my own business, at a business retreat surrounded by entrepreneurs who are thinking so big, it's insane. Yeah, And like, I belong here like that moment is so cool and when you were talking about like all the worry all the reasons that it almost didn't happen again just because it's so much of what I do and talk about like our mind is so powerful and so creative yeah that also being able to have people you hear like you know in your life you should work in the service industry or you should have to work a manual labor job mm-hmm. um and my piece here is that you need to spend a night in a tent. <laughs> like that <laughs> yeah. is my uh-huh. belief.
0: Not clamping, you, but a tent.
1: <laughs> a tent where you have gotten yourself there because, right, you you will see by spending a night in a tent how creative your mind is. It will create fear in so many different ways if you've never had that experience before. Yeah. Right? And just as easily as your mind can create fear and worry and anxiety and frustration and irritation and, you know, discontent, your mind can create joy and peace and love and happiness and fulfillment. Like it's the same tool, it's just being used differently. And it really, for some reason, clicks for people when they watch their mind create fear and we have a conversation about it, right? Because things in the outside world, don't create fear. And my favorite example of this in the last year for me, when I was hiking, uh, we ended up in the middle of a forest fire.
0: And oh,
1: wow. you can imagine that yeah. hey. some fear was present. <laughs> yeah. <Yo>, yes. <laughs> I'm sure. And like, I'm looking at this fire, right. In my mind, it's easy to think like the fire is causing my fear. Yeah. Like, yeah that that's not true because I've sat around a campfire many times in my life and mm-hmm. felt nothing but intense, calm and presence. Yeah. Like the fire is not creating my feeling. It's my thinking about what's going on in the situation.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah, totally.
1: So that's again, that tool of helping people to see, no, it's, it's not the thing. It is your mind experiencing it through interpretation and perception,
0: Yeah, which I find and being that can,
1: really powerful.
0: It can be. And it's, it can be really hard for people to get that concept. Like I'll have somebody say something like, oh, this person, they caused me to like be upset or they caused me to whatever. And it's like, well, they technically didn't. Like it was what you're thinking about that caused that like anger or sadness or whatever it is because our emotions are all driven by what it is that we're thinking. And that's why somebody... Two people can be at the same party and have completely different like um, experiences, but having like actually been doing the same thing and it's because of the way they're each thinking.
1: Yeah. I mean, look at even like childhoods, right? Hmm. You have three kids in a family that all grew up with the same parents in the same environment. And they perceive their own childhoods differently. <laughs> oh,
0: I do know that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Me too. That's why I bring it up, right? Yeah. Like it's, it's one of those things that it can be hard to wrap your head around. But once people start to click in and get it, yeah. and if anyone's listening is like, I think I get it or I'm curious to get it. There's an awesome book called The Inside Out Revolution um, oh, by Michael yeah. Neal that talks a lot about how our world is created from the inside out. It's not the outside in. Yeah. Right? It's not the thing out there. It's not the person saying the thing. It's not your boss. It's not, you know, your neighbor or the librarian or whoever yeah. it is, right? It's our, our experience of it, not inherent because here's the thing too. If it was all the stuff out there, like mm-hmm. we have no control over that, which is so disempowering.
0: Yeah. We can control how we respond to it. It's the yeah. only thing we can control. Oh my God. That's so good. So if somebody wanted to work with you, how do they find you?
1: I am, I have my website, which is Christina com, And I will put and,
0: that in the show notes.
1: And I'm also both on Facebook and Instagram. That's where kind of, I do the majority of my, my stuff, um,
0: in your podcast. And, so in my podcast, walking it, towards fear, WTF, <laughs> yeah, WTF. walking towards fear. Um, you that's such I've been listening to a lot of your episodes. And just if you can tell me like or tell our listeners a little bit about kind of um the people that you interview and you know, um yeah, just all there's so much goodness about it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for the opportunity to do that. Um the podcast really started when I walked away from my super successful, very sp- quote, stable corporate Mm -hmm. sales job to go hike across America, 2,600 miles on my feet, just going out to have fun. And I was terrified, even though it was something I wanted so much. So it started kind of in that vein where the first season was my experience actually hiking the trail. The second season was talking with hikers coming back from the trail about how it kind of changed them and how they used adventure as that tool. Mm -hmm. And then Uh, Most recently, I've been talking with lots of different entrepreneurs, just amazing human beings that have amazing stories. And I'm a huge advocate that even the people who are listening right now to this conversation, any single one of them could reach out to either of us and they would be an amazing guest on a podcast. Like everyone has such a magical story, but so often like we don't see it that way like, oh, it's just me. And I'm like, no, you're amazing. I mean, you have a sign behind you right now. A good coach sees in you what you can't see in yourself. Yeah. Right. And I think when you can start seeing like a good person sees in other people what they can't see in themselves, right? Like just to bring that magic out. That's Mm -hmm. the conversations I have with people on my podcast is who are you? How have you gotten here? Because I myself had always thought like I could never, you know, walk across the country. I could never quit my job. I could never be a full-time entrepreneur. I could never solo travel through, you know, the UK, Switzerland, and Italy. Like I've had all those stories too, and I've made it. So it's a space to explore how moving in the direction of the thing that scares us is just uh, such a unique, beautiful, and terrifying path all at the same time.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And that, I feel like that's like what life's about right? It's not supposed to be boring and straightforward. Like there's cur- like curves all over the place. And yeah, just being able to listen to different people's stories. And I love that you said like, everybody's amazing. And so many people don't see that about themselves. And I it was funny, I actually posted um on my social media pages, I think it was last week, literally just like those words, like just in case nobody's told you, like, you're amazing. And like, I don't, it, regardless of how many people saw it, just if like one person actually stops and thinks like, you know what, I am kind of amazing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I found that in my experience that when I started to see how great that I was, mm-hmm. I could see it more in other people. Yeah. And that for me, like changed even everything in my coaching, because I'm talking with someone, I'm like, oh my God, like, do you not see it? all the magic that you are, like, it's, it's so right there. And when you let people in and kind of start creating them to be amazing, they Mm -hmm. step into that more fully. And then they have that ripple effect in their own lives. And like the world just gets better.
0: Yeah. That's what I love about coaching. Like, like I remember when it turned my life, I won't say around, but just made it that much better. And when I was leaving super successful, stable job, people were like, wait a minute. Like you're leaving financial planning to do what? Be a life coach? I'm like, yup. <laughs> like yep. Like, because bye. everybody needs a coach, some sort of coach in their life. Regar- like, Regardless, whether it's like your business coach or like there's so many just, like I think about when somebody asked me like really what's coaching. And I was like, you know what? I like to think about it as like, you're on the sidelines with your, and let's say like your client is kind of like the team, if you will and you know, the outcome you want, like you want to win, like you want to win at the game of life. And it's like being alongside of the journey with somebody to like help them like figure the stuff out, like, and all of that goodness to kind of, yeah, create that life by design and win. It's so, it feels so good to be able to do that.
1: Oh my It's, there's no better feeling. And yeah. with that too, I have an amazing audio that I send to a lot of my clients when we get started together mm-hmm. uh, called The Game of Life Versus Living. So I'll just toss out, um, if anybody's interested in that audio to connect with me, I'll, I'm happy to send it over. It, there's so much gold in it because we forget that the game of life is a game and to make it fun and to yeah. to find ways to understand when we place rules on ourselves that either exist just in our minds or in society like we take some of the fun away and you yeah. have the power to create new rules and mm-hmm. I again in the last couple of weeks have really played with this idea that limitation forces creativity mm. when we make rules in our life or our business you, you have to get creative and that can be really fun I mean, look yeah. at kids again, we have used them as an example so much today, but yeah. a kid all of a sudden says like the floor is lava. You can't touch it. There's a limitation. Yeah. There's a rule. And now it's fun. Now there's a game. Yeah. So whatever goals that we have, finding ways to bring that in is absolutely recommended.
0: Oh my God. I love it. This has been amazing. I could talk to you forever. <laughs> so that means we're going to have to do this again. We'll have to have a part two.
1: <laughs> absolutely and I know that you had said because this is your first episode back and that you were teasing there's some things you've been working on did you want to like wrap up with what you've been working on or is yes, that a, no, a I, I would
0: love to because I think we're gonna have probably some in-person things together once um once this is up and running so I have been working on opening up a tranquility center so it's going to be the mind balance and wellness living tranquility center um MBW. And this was a dream that I had literally December in 2016, when I found myself once I was out to eat by myself and I had a journal and I was just sitting there thinking about like all the different stressors that were going on in my life. And this is when I was in the middle of getting coaching. Um, Actually, no, I'm sorry. I was I was still getting coaching. I still get coaching now. So, yes, I was in the middle of it, but I had just started. getting coach training. And I just kind of like started writing because I was like, I would love to create a space where people can go and just be like, so I love going to spas, but is paying for, you know, an expensive treatment, like in the books for a lot of people all the time. No, but like just having that spa like environment, I was like, that would be amazing to have. So this is now actually becoming, it's coming to fruition. So I'm going to be in downtown Plymouth, which it's so beautiful. You can see the ocean um, from one of the rooms and it's just, it's going to be a place where um, we will be able to do some yoga, some meditation. Um, I have a massage therapist, Reiki, like all of that, but you don't necessarily have to do any of that. Like you can come and, sit in one of the massage chairs that are heated, like with your feet and like a, a tub, take a nap, read a book, like just a place to kind of go and be. So that's where my focus has been these last few months. And I'm like, I can't even wait. Like it's, it's kind of surreal. <laughs> so, so thank you for asking. Yeah.
1: Well, you said that at the beginning and I was, yeah. I love watching you talk about it because you just light up and get all bubbly and then I get all excited about it. So I can't wait to come check it out when it does launch. Um, Yeah. So
0: it's, it's coming this summer. I think what I'm going to probably do is have a big launch after Labor Day because downtown Plymouth, it's a crazy area this time of year, which is, I love, Um, but at the same time too, I didn't. So talking about rules and setting, you know, all that stuff around our business, what I've Thoroughly enjoyed is not being like, okay, Michelle, we are opening at this specific day, this time. I'm like, because the basis of a tranquility center is to relax and have fun and just breathe. And I'm like, this is how this whole process has been going. I'm like, I am putting in so much fun energy, relaxing energy. There's no, like, nobody has to tell me when it has to be open. And yeah. So,
1: yeah. You're walking the walk on that one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So Which yeah. Amazing so thank to see. You. So everybody stay tuned. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. And I can't wait to um, connect again. And yeah.
1: <laughs> thank you for having me. This was such a fun conversation. I appreciate it. And thanks to everybody for listening.
0: Yes. That's-